Before I begin to preach, I want us to pray for Doug and Melanie Kendall and for Sam Greer and their team. All of them are in Uganda preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, ministering in prisons, and showing the love of Christ to people. They've seen a lot of people saved, and I want to cover them in prayer. So would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Doug and Melanie. I thank you for Sam Greer, and I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would rest upon them. I pray, Father, that them and the entire team would share and preach the gospel with power. And I pray that many people will come from death to life and from being lost to being saved. Lord, we love you and we pray your manifold blessings upon them, your hand of favor. And may, Lord, the kingdom of God take a giant leap forward because of the ministry of this group. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, I think it would be appropriate having our stage covered with first graders and their parents to preach a sermon directed to parents. The message today is entitled, Praying Parents. Good par parents are willing to give their children the stuff they need. Good parents give their children a shelter, food, clothes, Good parents also provide appropriate education, entertainment, and enrichment. Good parents want their kids to be successful and happy. But could it be that many Christian parents are missing a key aspect of what it means to be a Christian parent? I'm referring to the spiritual welfare of their children. I want to challenge every parent within the sound of my voice to pray passionately, to pray consistently, and to pray strategically for your kids. Listen, if you don't pray for your kids, who will? I mean, who on this earth loves them more than you do? We've got to pray for our kids. We, we're living in an alien environment. And I'm not talking about UFOs or stuff like that. I'm talking about we're living in a world that's gone nuts. And our kids are growing up in that world. And we need to cover them with prayer. We need God's help to help our children be everything that he intended them to be. Maybe you're saying today, well, pastor... I'm not sure I know how to pray appropriately over my kids. Well, I want to give you some help today. I want to give you a plan. I want to give you a strategy. I want to give you a, a, a template that you can pray over your kids that will be a blessing to them and a blessing to you. Now, what we're going to look at today is found in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. So take your Bible. Turn to Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Now, before we actually get into the text, I want to share with you something that Rob Flood suggested for parents. He suggested what he called the ABCs of parenting. A, acknowledge that your kids belong to God. 
Your kids belong to God. They don't belong to you. God gave them to you. Acknowledge that he loves them more than you do. Acknowledge your dependence upon God to fulfill your God-given responsibility as parents. The first is A, acknowledge. B is be an example of Christian integrity. Make sure that your kids never have an excuse for falling away from God and falling into sin in their lives. Make sure that as they grow up in your home, they see Christian integrity model for them day in and day out. And C is consistency. It's a key. Don't give up on your kids. Never give up on your kids. Keep praying for them consistently and strategically. Even if they're 50 years old, keep praying for them. Now, here's the truth I want to drive home to you today. It's one truth, a big truth, and here it is. Praying parents make a difference. They really make a difference. In our text, we'll see that Paul prayed for a group of believers who were in Colossae, and these believers were being bombarded by false teaching by an immoral culture, and by religious persecution. It sounds a lot like America today. By the way, Paul was imprisoned not because he had become a thief, not because he had, had hurt somebody. Paul was imprisoned because he was a man of God and he preached the truth of God, and the leaders of the culture wanted to cancel him. So he wrote this letter to the Colossian church and he wanted to help them know how to pray and know what to pray. And I believe that we could take this prayer that we find in verses 9 through 12 and we could use it as a template to pray for our kids, to pray for our spouse, to pray for for our, our, our friends and family. We can use it as a template for our connect group leaders to pray over their their, their class, we could use it for a multitude of things. But today, we're going to focus on helping parents to know how to pray for their kids and what to pray. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm going to share with you seven things out of this text that you can pray over your kids, and it'll make a world of difference in their lives. Now, I know you're thinking right now, oh, no, we're going to be here till the cows come home. No, 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 we're not going to be here that long. I'm going to move through these seven things real quickly. They'll be up here on the screens. You can write them down, and I would encourage you to write them down, and I would encourage you to put this in your Bible and use it as a plan to pray over your kids, whether they are seven years old or whether they're 55 years old. Pray over them. Number one, pray for your kids to have godly insight. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You see, what we're looking at today is an actual prayer that Paul put into this letter to the Colossian church. Can't you sense the intensity and the intentionality of Paul 
as you look at this prayer that he prayed for them, his concern was that these believers be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Hey, God wants your child to know his will and to live within the framework of that will. I can assure you of this. Your child is going to be much better off if they live within the framework of the will of God for their lives. I promise you. Do you see that word filled? That word filled literally means to be so permeated with the will of God that it has a controlling influence over the lives of those who are filled with God's will. The word wisdom refers to the comprehension of God's truth, and the word understanding refers to the application of God's truth. So one thing we need to pray for our kids is that they would have godly insight as they grow up and move out into a very dangerous world. In Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and he said, therefore, be careful how you walk or how you live, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, what a good word that is for us today. What, a thing, what an important thing we can pray over our kids. Pray for godly insight. Secondly, pray for practical obedience. Practical, personal obedience. Look at verse 10. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. Paul knew that if these believers were influenced and controlled by the will of God, they would have, it would have a transforming impact on the way they lived their lives. A lifestyle of obedience is such an important part of a Christian life. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul wrote, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Praying parents cry out to the Lord their God on a regular basis that their kids will love the Lord so much that they will want to live out his will in a practical and a personal way. So pray for godly insight. Number two, pray for practical slash personal obedience. And number three, Pray for spiritual prosperity. Now, I didn't say financial prosperity. I said pray for spiritual prosperity. Look at verse 10 again. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The sequence is vital here. First, you pray for their will. Then you pray for their walk. And then you pray for their works. Listen, kids can't do the works of God unless they're walking with him. And they cannot walk with him if they are ignorant of his will. You say, but pastor, where can we find the will of God? You find the will of God in the word of God. That's why it's very important that every parent within the sound of my voice Study the Word of God. 
Study the, be a part of a connect group. Study the Word of God with other believers. Come to worship every time the doors are open and hear the Word of God preached and taught and let the Word of God just saturate your mind and your heart and then allow that Word to saturate from you as a parent to your kids. I tell you, it's a powerful thing. Bearing fruit in every good work. What a, what a statement. Bearing fruit in every good work. I want you to understand that bearing fruit consists of sharing the gospel with the lost. It consists of adopting and embracing the character of Christ. And it involves developing a lifestyle of praise and generosity. Good works are not the means to achieve salvation. I want to make that very clear. Your child will never go to heaven because of good works. Hey, by the way, parents, you'll never go to heaven because of good works either. You won't go to heaven because you came to church today. You won't go to heaven because you gave your tithes and offerings. You won't go to heaven because you were good to people and you were involved in a pro-life movement. The only way you'll ever go to heaven is just what that song that we just sang mentioned. It's the goodness and mercy of God and the blood of Christ. That's the only way you'll ever go to heaven. Only Jesus can get you to heaven. Only Jesus can get your kids into heaven. I'm telling you, praying parents make a difference. So how do, how do parents pray? Well, number one, they pray for godly insight for their kids. They pray for practical obedience, and they pray for spiritual prosperity. Now look at this next one, number four. They pray that their kids would have Christian maturity. Colossians 1.10, again, says, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and look at this, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, Paul was one of the greatest missionaries that ever walked on the face of this planet. He's a hero of the faith. But you know what Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians? He said, Oh, God, I just want to know you. I just want to know you, the, the, the fellowship of your suffering and the power of your resurrection. Oh, God, let me know you. And I tell you, my friend, dear parent, listen to me very carefully. It's very important that your kid knows God. Not that they know about God, but that they know him in a personal, intimate way. Now, look at this term again. It talks about increasing in the knowledge of God. This word increasing refers to both qualitative and quantitative growth. So here's a connection. It's, it's sort of like a chain. Godly insight leads to practical obedience, which leads to spiritual prosperity. And these three traits will lead to a deeper, more intimate knowledge of God. Don't you want that for your kids? Grandparents, don't you want that for your grandkids? I know I do. I want to see it worse than anything in the world. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write these words so that we would have a template that we could pray over our kids and our grandkids and other people in our lives. In 2 Peter 3.18, you say, well, how important is this Christian maturity 
to God. Well, well in 2 Peter 3.18, the Bible says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. It's God's will that we grow. Hey, if we don't grow, what's going to happen? We're going to die. We're going to die. We're, we're going to become lifeless. No spiritual life in us or in our kids. It's God's will that our kids and our grandkids develop Christian maturity, that they know God at a deeper, more intimate level than they ever have before. Listen, don't make the mistake. Parents, listen to me very carefully. Don't make the mistake of waiting to pray until there's a crisis in your child's life. Don't, don't do that. Pray often. Do it now. Do it often. Do it because you know it's God's calling on your life as a parent. There's a lot of things you can't control, parents. But one thing you can control, you can control the use of your time. You can control what you consider to be important and a priority and what's not important and not a priority. And I want to encourage you carve out time every single day to pray over your kids and your grandkids if you're a grandparent. So how do parents pray for their kids? Well, number one, they pray for godly insight. Number two, they pray for practical obedience. Number, number three, they pray for spiritual prosperity. Number four, they pray for Christian maturity. I told you this is going to be quicker than you thought. Did I not? I, I'm sure you heard, oh, seven points. Oh, my goodness. But see, we're moving through this. Because my goal today is not to tantalize you. My goal today is to equip you, to equip every parent and every grandparent within the sound of my voice to know how to pray for their kids and grandkids and to know what to pray for their kids and grandkids. Now, I want to I stress this. This is not an exhaustive list. This is one passage of Scripture, and we're lifting out of this text Seven things that you can pray for your kids and grandkids and know for absolute certain that you're praying within the framework of God's will. Why? Because it's in the Word of God. It's powerful. Hey, listen, this Bible is chock full of truths and principles that you can pray over your children and your grandchildren. This is just an example. The more you study the Word of God, the more you let the Word of God get into your heart, the more you will see exactly the specific things that you need to pray for your kids and your grandkids. Now, here's a fifth thing you need to pray for your kids. Are you ready? Pray for joyful endurance. I love verse 11. Look at verse 11. Strengthen with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously. That word strengthen refers to an inherent spiritual power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Don't you want your kids and your grandkids to be filled with the 
power of the Holy Spirit. That same word in the Greek language is used for the English word dynamite. Dynamite. Power. Explosive power. Oh, we want that for our kids and grandkids, don't we? In an age in which we live today, they desperately need this kind of power. And the power, the word power here refers to manifested power or power in action. Listen, it's only through God's power that your kids can stand firm in the faith. I promise you. And then the word steadfastness. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Steadfastness is the capacity to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances. This same Greek word was used to picture the soldier on the battlefield fighting on even though he faces overwhelming odds. Don't you want your kids to have this kind of steadfastness and endurance in the Christian faith? Or we read all the time the statistics of kids who go off to college. They go off to college and they hear some snotty-nosed professor uh, run down their faith, run down the Bible, run down the Lord Jesus Christ, and they begin to be influenced by that. And they, they walk away from the faith. I tell you, we need to pray. Listen, if you have a child going to college today, you ought to be on your face before God praying for their steadfastness that they would joyously endure for the glory of Jesus and keep their faith, not lose their faith. And then that word, uh, joyously, it refers to the power of God that enables us to face difficult circumstances and difficult people. Do you realize that your kids are going to face difficult circumstances and they're going to face difficult people from time to time? And you do not want them to be sidelined by difficult circumstances and difficult people. So you pray that the Holy Spirit of God would fill them with the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy. Listen, we don't want to see our kids and grandkids adopt a grit and grind approach to the Christian faith, do we? We don't want them to come to church, well, I'm going to church because mama made me go, or I'm going to, 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 to our connect group, our student ministry group, because my dad said I had to go. No, no, we don't want a grit and grind approach. We want to, our kids and our grandkids to love Jesus and to love to be a part of the kingdom and to be a part of the church. Now, this text we're looking at today serves as an example of prayers that we can and should offer on behalf of our children. Let me ask you a question. Here's, here, here's a $64,000 question. If you're a parent or grandparent in this room, will you commit today that you're going to pray for your kids and your grandkids? I'm not talking about haphazardly. I'm talking about with a strategic plan. 
I'm talking about praying often, praying passionately, and praying within the framework of God's will for your kids. Not praying for things that are not God's will, but praying for things that are God's will. I'm telling you, praying parents make a difference. They really do. So how do we do it? We, we pray for godly insight. We pray for practical obedience, for spiritual prosperity, for Christian maturity and joyful endurance. And here's the next one. We pray that our kids will have a grateful heart. A grateful heart. Look at Colossians 1.12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. I I tell you, the the Colossian epistle that Paul wrote is filled with exhortations to have a grateful heart, a thankful heart. In Colossians 1.3, Paul wrote, We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. In Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and look at this, and overflowing with gratitude. Colossians 3, 15 to 17, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and, look at it, be thankful Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, look at this, with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of what, church? Thanksgiving. The worst thing that can happen to your kid is that they develop a sense of entitlement. Well, I'm entitled to having a suffering-free life. Or I'm entitled to having plenty of money. Or I'm entitled to driving a nice car. I'm entitled, I'm entitled, I'm ent- I tell you, that is dry rot in the heart of your kids. And I'll tell you one thing we ought to pray for our kids. We ought to pray that our kids would have a thankful, grateful heart. It'll protect them from a lot of misery in the future. So how do parents pray for their kids? Look at it. Look at it with me on the screen. Look at it. Godly insight, practical obedience, spiritual prosperity, Christian maturity, joyful endurance, and a grateful heart. I want to encourage you. Make that a regular part of your prayer life as a, as a believing parent and a believing grandparent. But there's one more. Number seven. In the Bible, seven is the number of perfection. And we're going to end on one that may be the most important one in the whole list. No, it is the most important one in the whole list. Pray for your kids to experience genuine salvation. Look at Colossians 1.12 again. Giving thanks to the Father. Look at this. 
who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now notice this. Parents, grandparents, you cannot qualify your kids or your grandkids for salvation. Can't do it. Guess what? Your kids and your grandkids can't qualify themselves for salvation. Salvation is a gift freely given to undeserving sinners who put their faith in Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord. As a result of putting their faith in Christ, they inherit the gift of eternal life, the promises of God, and the glories of heaven. Listen, if you've been praying for years that your child or your grandchild would come to faith in Christ, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep believing. Now look, you'll never be a perfect parent. I know that's a shock to you. But you will never be a perfect parent. But you know what you can be? You can be a praying parent. And praying parents make a difference. So I'm going to challenge you to pray deliberately. You've got to make prayer a priority in your life. Gather your family together and pray together. Do you know how the disciples learned how to pray? They listened to Jesus pray. Do you know how your kids can learn to pray? They can listen to mom and dad pray. Pray with your kids. Let them hear you praying. And, and pray spontaneously. When you're taking a trip with your family and all of a sudden you, you come across a beautiful sunset with a, all the arrays of color just right there in the car. Now, don't take your eyes off the road. <laughs> but, but turn, don't turn, but ask one of your kids or, or your, your spouse to praise God for that beautiful sunset. I'll tell you, it'll make a difference in their lives. When you hear about a tragedy, stop and pray for the people involved in the strategy and pray for the first responders. So you pray deliberately, you pray spontaneously, you pray persistently. You've got to teach your kids the value of praying without giving up. And then pray intentionally. We've gone over seven prayer requests that you can pray. Now, I'm telling you, you can multiply that time a thousand because you can find so many prayer requests locked within the truth of God's Word that you can pray over your kids and your grandkids. Parents, pray audacious, big prayers over your kids and believe that God will hear those prayers and he will answer those prayers in his timing and for his glory. I'm telling you, praying parents make a difference. So let me ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We, we talked here in this last point about being qualified, being qualified 
to share in the inheritance of the saints in light or being saved, being qualified to go to heaven when you die. Let me ask you a question. If you were to die today, are you absolutely for sure that you'd go to heaven? Are you? Are you qualified? Now remember, you can't qualify yourself. Hey, get this. I can't qualify you. Your spouse can't qualify you. Only Jesus can qualify you. Have you repented of your sin and placed your faith in Jesus who went to a bloody cross and paid the penalty for every sin that you've ever committed or will ever commit in your life and then was raised from the dead to prove that God accepted his sacrifice? Are you qualified? In just a moment, I'm going to ask the staff and I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come and and we're going to worship God. And I want you to do this. If, you, if you're concerned about your salvation, about whether you're qualified or not, I want you to come to one of our staff members and just tell them. And we'll minister you and help you by sharing the gospel with you and giving you a chance to walk out of this building today with absolute assurance that you're a born-again believer and you're going to heaven. I got a second question. The second question is this. As a born-again believer and as a parent, are you taking your responsibility seriously? Are you committed to praying over your kids strong biblical prayer requests that lay within the framework of God's will. Are you? Hey, if not, here, here's a question. Will you commit to do that today? Will you make today a day of decision where you say, okay, going forward, I'm going to carve out this time and I'm going to pray over my kids with passion, with purpose, and it's going to be a priority in my life. Will you make that commitment today? Listen, I'm going to invite, in just a moment, I'm going to invite parents. You could be a single parent. You could be a husband and wife. I'm going to a grandparent. You can come to this altar and pray over your kids. And look, I want us to do this, guys. I want us to put that list up here on the screen so if somebody comes to the altar, they can look up and see those seven things that they need to pray over. Can you, you guys get this on the screen? Pray over your kids and your grandkids. Come to this altar. Cry out to God. And, and here's a third question. Do you have a church home? Do you have a church that you've connected with? See, if we're going to have the kind a bubbling spiritual, reinvigorated spiritual life that God wants us to have. We've got to be a part of a church. And I want to invite you to come to one of our staff members and just say today, we want to be a part of Carnival First Baptist Church. Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this amazing prayer that Paul included
in his letter to the Colossians. I pray that every word in Scripture is inspired by God. It's God-breathed. And Lord, I thank you that you have given us a list of prayer requests that we could pray over our kids and know absolutely for certain that we're praying the way you want us to pray. We're praying for the things you want us to pray for. Now, Lord, create in our hearts a desire to do it, to do it now, to do it consistently. And I pray, Lord, that you would put your hand of favor on every parent, every Christian parent, And I pray, oh God, that you would bless them and use them for your glory. Lord, we love you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.